Hi, CityCast listeners. It is time to look back at a week of news in Houston. To help me do that, I am joined by producer Farrell Gibbs and our cultural contributor, Olivia Flores Alvarez. It's Friday, June 10th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. All right, Farrell and Olivia, are y'all ready to talk about We are. The week. We are. All right, let's go. I'm going first today. I usually don't let myself do that, but I am mad. I am mad that Texas is continuing to basically harass trans people instead of dealing with any of the really big issues that face the state. So the story that got under my skin directly this week is that a Republican from a rural part of Texas, east of Dallas, Representative Brian Slayton, says that he is going to introduce legislation in January that will, quote, protect kids from drag shows and other inappropriate displays. That came after he saw some video somewhere of kids who attended a drag showcase in Dallas. But, you know, my question is, where would that end? I mean, would that make drag queen story hour illegal when it's fine for a mentally troubled 18-year-old to buy an AK? Right. Is the big threat to your kids the fact that some six-foot-one guy puts on makeup and a ball gown and reads stories to pre-kinder kids? Or is the real danger to your kid that anybody can buy an automatic weapon and walk into a school and kill everybody? I admit it. I'm not a big fan of lip-syncing, you know? But, you know, come on. This is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. Yeah, this is what he's working on. And there may be some of his constituents who really think that this is the danger that their kids will never get shot at, that, you know, this is this is not something that will happen to them in their hometown, but that they're, oh, oops, there's a drag queen down the, you know, down the street in a gay bar and kids may be going in to see a 2 p.m., you know, matinee on Saturday or something. A, 2 p.m. <laughs> matinees don't happen. And B, uh, don't let your kids go to that. That's all. But you can't, don't let your kid get shot at. You know, that's not something you can control. And uh, the way that you can control that is to help make sure that guns are not in the hands of irresponsible people and that automatic guns, automatic weapons used in combat are not in anybody's hands. Okay, I think in Texas there is a case to make an exception for a few things. Like there are a very small number of people who really do need to shoot feral hogs. Okay, fine. Yep. You know, let them fill out some extra paperwork. Yeah. You know, and promise that they'll keep the thing locked up safely. Yeah. But generally, no, you don't need these weapons. Right. You're right. It just doesn't make sense. This is not the threat. There are other things to worry about. All right, Farrell, what about you? What is your big story of the week? Well, mine's somewhat related. Just the specter of the of the shooting that continues to hang over the the Uvalde shooting. Yes, the Uvalde shooting. The parents of the victims who went to Congress on Wednesday. The national spark that seems to be happening right now in response to this. Even the Texas lawmakers too. That story, the the story has lingered for three weeks now, and it seems finally like some bipartisanship may be happening. Republican donors and the gun enthusiasts joining forces with 
Cornyn, Senator John Cornyn. I was gobsmacked. Conservative, Republican, John Cornyn, Senator John Cornyn is out there saying, yeah, we need some limits on guns. Pushing for bipartisan gun reform uh, legislation. So, you know, it's, uh, it's something that I don't guess you see often. And it seems like something might come from this. Yeah. Man, I hope so. Olivia, what about you? What do you think is the biggest thing on the Houston horizon? Mine is complete change, of course, here. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, (laughs) Boy, do I need that. No guns involved that I'm aware of. But um, mine is uh, the new show over at the alley. It's a musical called Noir. It's about a man who lives in his apartment, like we've all lived in our apartments for the last couple of years, (laughs) completely isolated and uh, spends his time listening to his neighbors. And a couple moves in next door and they've got some secrets and love and lies ensue uh, set to music. I bet there is a gun involved. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I may have misspoken. Maybe. But um, these are longtime writing partners, uh, Kyle Jarrow, Duncan Sheik, uh, and they've been working on it for a while. Oh, and they're like a big national deal, right? Yeah, we we talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, Behind the scenes, we were... He's the one that did, uh, I am barely breathing a fool oh, for shake. another day. You know that song from the 2007? Uh-huh. <laughs> I sang it horribly, but, you know, he's like a big pop star or was back in the aughts. Yes, yes. So they've got, you know, they've got Tony Award winners all over the place with Kyle Jarrow was a nominee, yeah. the uh, lyric writer, and Duncan Sheik was the, is writes some music, helps write lyrics. Spring the Tony Awakening, Award, big mm-hmm, deal. Spring Awakening, did a big deal. They've been working on this particular show for more than six years. And uh, they finally got it mounted over at the alley. And in a month, they put it up. This month, by the way, your Kyle Jarrow guy, the, the songwriter, spent the last month working on noir at part-time, mm-hmm. or during part of the time, and then working on Star Trek Discovery <laughs> the other part of the time. <laughs> because <laughs> he's also a writer for them okay oh, i hope they break out into song so, okay, so, so is the hope that noir will like go on to broadway is this are we some sort of off off broadway tryout absolutely absolutely uh-huh. you know the last musical show that the alley did was uh jekyll and hyde oh which and- went on Big time. To Broadway and big, big time and, you know, had a lot of breakout hits and had a big, you know, uh, run and is probably still running somewhere. The choreographer for this was a Hamilton veteran. So Carla Puno Garcia. And the director for this show is a Tony Award winner, Darko Tesnik. So I'm really looking forward to this, but more than just looking forward to a great show, I'm thrilled that the alley is mounting new musicals. Oh, this sounds great. All right, on to the story that should have gotten more attention. So, Farrell, what have you got? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try and riff on this if it's a disaster. You just sent a story that I think is about 15 minutes old. And I remember that we covered this right at the beginning of CityCast when we first started about a couple who was murdered here in Houston and there was a missing baby. Do you remember this? Oh, did, how can you forget that? So this couple was murdered, like, what? Was it back in 81, the... 1981. Yeah. And they found, like, a dog came running out of the woods with a bone in its mouth. Yeah. Like a, like one, like either a, 
uh, I was going to say arm bone or leg bone, highly scientific, but, <laughs> um, but they had a baby and nobody could find the baby. The and dead I remember couple. the dead couple had a baby and yeah. nobody could find it. And the name of the baby was Holly Marie. And I thought when I was reading the story, well, you know, that they suggested that the baby could be alive. And uh-huh. I was like, that's probably not what the case is. They just found her in yeah. Oklahoma. Uh, the, the Chronicle covered it. And uh, yeah, she's alive and well. She has kids and some grandkids. And it's a really neat story. So I suggest uh, looking it up in the Chronicle. It's called 42 Years Later, A Murdered Texas Couple's Missing Baby Has Finally Been Found. Yeah, I was interested because it was found by sort of investigative genealogists, you know, using those DNA tests. And I just am fascinated by that. Yeah. It has cold case podcast series written all over it. Oh, in your spare time, Farrell. You go do that. (laughs) Right? I don't have any spare time. I use all of that working for you. <laughs> All right, Olivia, what have you got? What, what do you think should um, have gotten more attention this week? The continued threat to voting. I uh, worry about voter access, but then I also worry about once I cast my vote, will it be counted? Right. You know, and there's just continued reports about uh, Republicans training uh, lay people to go in and work as poll watchers or poll workers and to have a certain attitude and to know all the little tricks and tips that they can use to trip somebody up in voting. And instead of saying, let's make it possible for everybody who has ID and you know is registered to come in and do this, that they have a list of objections that they can post to people and, and keep us from voting. And then even once we have voted, Will it be counted? Are there some after voting facts that they can come in and, you know, somehow throw my my ballot out? Um, that's still just real serious for me. And not, yeah. and I, I don't live in a minority uh, community. So in your neighborhood, right. in a neighborhood. Right. I yeah. don't live in a minority neighborhood, but obviously my name, Flores Alvarez. Gosh, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a, you know, a genius to figure out him Hispanic. Uh, so maybe somebody can come along down a list and just say, oh, you know, let's get rid of her. Obviously, when I walk in to, you know, the voting place, uh, people are going to be able to look at me. And But I also think I, that all of us live in Harris County, yeah. which is, you know, it's a known nest of Democrats. And, you know, Republicans have been doing their best to repress Harris County voters. Right, right. So I think and all of us are at risk in some way. Yeah, that they're not even going to just because, you know, my name is Hispanic or somebody else's name also has an ethnic sound that for whatever reason that they just want to, you know, maybe every third white female, let's knock her down kind of goal. There's just still such a threat to our voting system and still so many people who are determined to swing their things their way, not with good candidates, good policies, but with tricks and tips and, you know, all sorts of backstage stuff that they can do behind the scenes and blocking or protesting. And one of my big fears is that, you know, okay, so maybe somebody does protest my voting and I don't even know about it. So if your vote is challenged, you wouldn't even know? Yeah. I. The story that I was thinking is interesting is that 
the city of Houston will not release its report on the 2021 freeze. You know, I just, they're withholding it from the Houston Chronicle, which has been, you know, trying Freedom of Information Act requests to get hold of it. And the Texas Attorney General said, okay, yeah, you can. And the reason is that the city is arguing that post-9-11 laws can be used because they say that this is information that could be used by terrorists or criminals. And come on, the public needs to know what worked and what didn't during that winter freeze. If our power grid goes down, are we ready for it? I mean, during that freeze, I don't know if you all remember, but one of the pieces of hell that broke loose was that the city pumping stations couldn't work and we were all losing water. The city had a boil requirement for days. You know, would that happen again? What are we doing? I think we need to know that. Yeah. We had uh, house plants inside our house that froze. Yeah. So imagine my poor kittens. You know, I had cats at the time. So, and, and me, yeah, <laughs> I, no. I, you know, we were cold. Uh, and is the city ready to do something about that? Should it happen again? I mean, this week we are breaking heat records. So right, will right. our grid hold? Is the city ready? Right. Are we as ready as we should be? So it's not just it's not just the cold. It's not just the cold. It's also the heat. Right. And uh, we've had water failure before that was unexpected and not related to anything weather wise. So. There's just lots of threats to the city system that we need to know about. Yeah. I also, I mean, I would understand if certain parts of the report were withheld because mm-hmm. maybe there are particular weaknesses that, you know, terrorists or criminals would want to exploit. But I just cannot believe that the entire report is something that the public cannot know about. So yeah. I, I assume that somebody is covering up something. I want to know what. (laughs) (laughs) We all want to know what. Yes. All right, y'all, let's do happier stuff. Uh, Olivia, what is making you happy this week? What's your moment of joy? My moment of joy is an organization called The Book Cycle. And they are, uh, you can find them online at thebookcycle.org. And what's so wonderful about this, we lost uh, half price books, right? So oh. nobody could go anywhere to sell books. The library is kind of inundated and doesn't really, uh, you know, if you could donate books to them, but they won't put them on the shelves, they'll just sell them. And so people were really kind of in a quandary about what do I do with my used books? And um, this is it. Book cycle. You go, you donate your books there. They give those books for free to anyone who walks in the door. Yeah. So it's not a little free library. It's a big free library. It's a big free library. And it's an absolutely, uh, the books are, you know, yes, some of them are older, but some of them are brand new. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of the mix that you'd see over at, at Half Price Books. And, you know, book lovers are coming in here to cherish these books. So, you know, they're going to good homes. Okay. Where is it? Where You can actually walk in. Yeah. It's over on Velasco Street, just uh, east of downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I refuse to call that area Edo. That's just <laughs> insulting. Your own personal boycott. <laughs> my, my own personal boycott. Yes, that's insulting to me as an East End resident. But um, they're open on Thursdays. They're open on Saturdays. You can donate anything you want. Right now, what looks like they need a lot of bookshelves. They've got plenty of books. They need some bookshelves to put it up. She's still got plenty of free space. A woman opened up the uh, a warehouse 
Uh, and so she's still got plenty of space, but she needs some, some shelves and she needs a lot of kids books and uh, books in other languages besides English. Uh, so I just really love that she's out there in East End and uh, she's doing good work. She needs our support. That's awesome. Farrell, that. what about you? I got a moment of joy out of a, a reader comment, a newsletter reader comment uh, uh-huh. on one of your gripes. It was from William Dylan Powell. Oh, the Houston gripes. Yeah. About Houston gripes. And so this is what William said. Houston refines like 45% of Texas oil. How come Houstonians can't just roll up to the terminal and fill up on the cheap? <laughs> it could be a fringe benefit we get for the occasional black plume. Like mm-hmm. when waiters get free French fries. In the spirit of community service, let's just call it $3.50 a gallon with an H-Town address. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I can get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. <laughs> oh. What about you? Mine is the existence of ceviche. Um, mm. I have had a couple of really good ones. When it's hot outside, I don't want to eat anything hot. And ceviche is this great seafood sort of, I don't know, it's almost like a somewhere between like a shrimp cocktail and a soup. But the raw seafood is quote unquote cooked in lime juice. You know, it's, and it's like bright and sprightly. And, you know, I had one at Urbe recently that came in like a big glass with a stem and it looked like a giant Bloody Mary full of shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just so reviving. And I love living in a city where this kind of Mexican and South American dish is all around you once you know to look for it. Yeah, that's an, I've seen that. That is an awesome dish. I'm, I love oysters and I love Mm -hmm. shrimp and I love Bloody Mary's. But I look at it and I'm like, I don't know that I'd love it all combined. So oh, I haven't you been would, bold. You, you think I would? You've got I'd to have do to this. put some Tabasco sauce in that. Oh, thing, if, if, oh, sure. They're often spiced already. But yeah, oh, you can yeah. add it. Okay. Uh, if I could add Tabasco, I'd probably have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. This has been fun. Yes. Always fun to talk to you guys. Thank you for having me. That was producer Farrell Gibbs and our contributor, Olivia Flores Alvarez. That is all for our show today. Our lead producer is Dina Kesba. Producer is Farrell Gibbs. Our newsletter is written by me, Lisa Gray, and Brooke Lewis. Our theme music is by Farrell's band, All the Kimonos. If y'all want to see a photo from Noir that musical that Olivia was raving about, check out our Instagram. It is at CityCastHouston. We'll be back Monday. Talk with you then. Wait, is that my phone talking to me? Okay, Sorry. It should be completely off now.